you can think about all of these fantastic scenarios for the Titans for their quarterback next season. That's great. That's fun. It's good. It's not realistic. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the, the quarterback for this team. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Fries, director of published content here at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2023 offseason. This is uh, our first show since the Super Bowl. JT, we have some explaining to do. We have been MIA for the past week, um, and we we meant to be on the feed, on the podcast feed, on Monday night or Monday morning, rather, we recorded a show Sunday night, last Sunday, after the Super Bowl, that got corrupted. The audio got, audio got corrupted. It was a kind of throwaway episode anyways. We just talked about the show and, uh, or excuse me, the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, what exactly had transpired and our thoughts on it, and then talked about what the show is going to look like in the next couple of months. And then it, 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 and I don't know, man, it got corrupted. But I am joined, as always, by producer JT. JT, how are you? I'm great. It feels good to be back. Uh, yeah, I mean, between that and then you uh, getting suspended from Twitter for uh, what was supposedly a Rihanna tweet or something for like 12 hours on Tuesday or whatever, it certainly was an interesting... That was, no, it was Monday. That was... Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of timeline explaining to do. For those of you that follow the show and have wondered where we are, and then we're unannounced, popping back in on Monday morning like nothing happened. Um, on, on Monday of last week, we, we had that show from the Super Bowl get corrupted couldn't post the audio was broken we gave up on it it wasn't a big show anyways it was fine and then on monday morning i tweeted uh i i quote tweeted a rihanna tweet from some random sports aggregate twitter account uh that was asking was rihanna the best halftime show in super bowl history and i just quote tweeted and i said no but it was really really good um and then apparently that tweet broke the twitter rules terms and conditions and i got suspended for 12 hours so I was MIA on Twitter all of Monday. Uh, don't know why. The, 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 I, I emailed Twitter communications or whoever it is you email when you feel like they're, they've suspended you for no reason. I did. I never got a response, but I did get reinstated uh, on Monday night. And so it was just a bad day for me from a pro professional standpoint for the Monday of last week, the Monday after the Super Bowl, not an important one or anything for somebody in sports media, but it's all right. Twitter, I forgive you. I'm back. We're back. And the show is here this Monday and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from here until the combine hits us at the very end of March, or excuse me, at the end of April, April 27th. From now until April 27th, we are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And listen, you know, a lot can happen in the next two and a half months or so. A lot of surprise episodes could happen. We, we, you know, we may have some massive Titans free agency breaking news where we have to do an emergency pod. We may have some special guests that allow us to do multiple pods outside of our regular Monday, Wednesday, and Friday structure. But I can promise you this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from here on out, we are doing a show for the free agency season for the draft season. We decided last week after our Monday, our, our horrible, terrible, no good, very bad Monday, we were going to take the week off, kind of regroup, do some things behind the scenes that needed doing with the show, some some uh, infrastructure things, some planning uh, for, for the future, some you know discussing with, with future guests that I've done, some planning out how we want the next two or three weeks or two or three months of the show to look. We got all that out of the way last week. 
and we are back. So we're doing a show. We got JT, including this show. We have 29 shows during the free agency and draft season. And then the 30th will be our round one of the 2023 NFL draft live stream on that Thursday night, the 27th of April. So super excited. We've got 30 draft shows coming to you in the next nine and a half weeks, 10 ish weeks. Um, and we're going to be hitting the ground hard. We're going to be doing a show every week, I believe, if not multiple times a week on each position group in the draft, doing a deep dive with me, with producer JT, with a number of esteemed guests that you will recognize from ESPN, from uh, different beat writers here in town, such as, you know, potentially Paul Kaharski, potentially some of the OutKick guys, um, potentially some of the guys from 104.5 and 102.5. I've got a number of guests potentially lined up from The Ringer, who may or may not have been on the show last year, a couple of guys from The Athletic, um, a lot of really, really, really talented sports writers, commentators, broadcasters, people that follow the draft professionally, really, really excited about some of the folks that are going to be coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. So if you want your Titans-specific source for all things free agency, but especially all things draft in 2023, this is the place. This is the show, the Hot Read Podcast. Share it with your friends and your family. We will be proving the next couple of weeks why this is the place for all of your draft info, all of your free agency info, and this until the end of April will be your go-to source for all things NFL. Super excited about that. Today, JT, this show more than anything else is just a, a primer for the draft season. Our first show back after a week off the 2022 regular season fully behind us. We've got the, the door closed on that. From a show-specific standpoint, the last note that we really need to hit on the 2022 season is just how fantastic we were in the best bet gauntlet. And I know we went on like for like 10 minutes in our show that got corrupted last Monday talking about how amazing a year we had. But if people weren't paying attention, just to let you know, on Super Bowl Sunday, JT and I, as well as our special guest, Alan Bell from CBS Sportsline, who, by the way, was fantastic. We're going to have him on again for sure this summer. I'm already planning a, a, a show with him where we go through the NFL future bets, as well as having him on next year for betting as as often as we possibly can because he's fantastic and between he i and jt we went what was it 10 and 1 yeah 10, 10 and, and 1, 1 on super bowl sunday astonishing 10 and 1 record we were 23 and 7 in the playoffs for 77% overall in the playoffs and then 124 94 and 1 on the year a 57% record for the show on the year on in a 225 or 200, 210 plus game sample size for the show. Astonishing and fantastic. Cannot ask for better than that. And uh, so, yeah, plus 15.39 units on the year. If you aren't betting with the Hot Read podcast, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing because you're, you're losing out on free money. Um, we're going to continue to do that. I'm sure we'll have some bets for the draft. I'm sure we're going to have some futures bets in the summer. Looking forward to the 2023 NFL regular season. And uh, we'll, of course, be back with the, the best bet gauntlet in uh, in August or, or September when we get back at it and JT tries to exact his revenge on me after we are now all-time one-and-one. We are tied up in the best bet gauntlet. We've done it for two years now. One off-air, one on-air. 
And so it'll be a tiebreaker year next year. But we'll, we'll focus on today. And today we've just got a couple of things. The primary focus of today's episode was to introduce you to what our schedule and what our format is going to look like for the next couple of weeks. And I want to mention this, JT, before we move on to today's topics. This is a, a pretty big show. We're proud of the growth that this show's undergone. We've got hundreds of people that listen to each and every episode that we put out, and that is amazing. We really appreciate you guys listening. If you weren't listening, we would have quit this a long time ago because we enjoy it, but it's it's not for our health. We, we, we do it for you guys, so we appreciate you listening. We want this to be, albeit a show that's got you know hundreds of listeners for each episode, we want it to be a, a show that can really be catered specifically to our listeners. We know that there's a number of you that are loyal listeners that we want to hear your input on, especially as we entered into, as we enter into free agency and the draft, we want to hear what your thoughts are on the show, what you'd like to see out of this show. If you want us to focus hard on draft prospects, we will do that. If you want us to go into, you know, discussions around the business of the NFL and the business of free agency, we're happy to dive into that. If you want us to go really heavy on guests and bring in as many cool people to talk as we possibly can, we want to hear that. We want to hear your thoughts on what you want the Hot Read Podcast to be because this show is just small enough as a burgeoning, almost big show. One of the biggest podcasts in Nashville, Tennessee, but we're still at the size where we can get your input and it will directly affect how this show looks, sounds, and feels each and every week. So we want to hear from you, whether that is in the reviews, when you leave a five-star rating on the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, and you leave us a review asking for certain elements of the show to or not to be included in the, the postseason schedule we have for the next two and a half months, whether that is on Twitter, you DM us, you DM the show, you, you uh, reply to one of our show tweets, reply to any of our tweets, really, we'll be happy to hear your input on the Hot Read Podcast. We want this to be as, as a la carte as as custom made for you the listeners as it possibly can be for the next 10 weeks or so and so we're super excited about that and we can only customize the show jt if our listeners come to us with their ideas and their preferences on what they want the show to be for the next 10 weeks so appreciate you all doing that again leave a review leave a, a tweet email us you can find our email addresses in the description of this podcast or on youtube please please do that real quick by by the way while we're here if you're not listening to the show on YouTube, you should be. It's a YouTube show. It's a video show as well as an audio show. So we appreciate you listening to the podcast. But please go over, become a subscriber at Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. You'll get this show each and every episode in its video form as well as all of the F-Words shows as well as a football show, a Broadway Sports and 440 production um, com combo production, which is a fantastic show. And they do a great job, especially in the offseason. So all of that, we're 10 minutes in, housekeeping out of the way. Appreciate everybody listening. JT, we'll get into the meat of today's show, and I have one thought today before we get into what exactly we're talking about in uh, the news segment today. Pretty short show, not a whole lot to talk about. We we wrestled JT with the idea of going through all of the, the topics in Titans podcasting and sports radio of the past week, which was essentially, okay, Ryan Tannehill or Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers or draft a quarterback, and there's a lot of interesting things to talk about there. But the, the ethos of this show, JT, for what, a month or more, has been you can think about all of these fantastic scenarios for the Titans for their quarterback next season. That's great. That's fun. It's good. It's not realistic. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the, the quarterback for this team next year. I fully 
uh, believe that. I think that you probably believe that. That's that's what we've been pushing on this show. And so we're not going to waste a show talking about, well, if not Tannehill, then who? Then what? How does it look like? Um, because that feels super critical because we've been talking about how it's going to be Tannehill, man. And I still believe it's going to be Tannehill. I give the Titans a, I give the Titans a 5% chance of not having Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback in week one in September of 2023. And two of those percentage points goes towards Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers, some veteran free agent or a trade. And then 2.9% of those five percentage points goes towards the Titans sticking at 11 and taking like, you know, maybe Richardson falls, maybe CJ Stroud falls, maybe Bryce Young or Will Levis falls. One of those four guys falls to 11. Maybe they draft him there. And then 0.01% of that per five percentage points goes towards the Titans trading up in the first round to get one of those top four guys in the top five picks. I just, I don't see it happening. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's within the realm of possibility. So I'm going to leave a, 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 a one hundredth of a percentage point for that one. But because that's our stance on this show for now, we're going to stray away from those things. And if, if you want to hear thoughts on those, I highly recommend other shows on this network, a football show and uh, football and other F words, as well as music city audible. All three of those shows have done in the past week shows, plural um, dedicated to those ideas, going through those those thought experiments, going down the rabbit hole of what it would mean financially, what it would mean for the team, how it would be possible. Fantastic, fantastic job by all of those guys. Justin Mello, Justin Graver, Zach Lyons, Braden Gall, all of those guys have done a good job. So go check it out. Football show, F-Words, podcast, or, um, or Music City Audible. They've all done a good job. For today, JT, I have one thought here at the top, and this is my thought for the warm-up today. And we're going we're gonna to dive in real quick to my warm-up topic. Here's the warm-up. I've heard more than one person talk about Malik Willis this offseason as a guy who, quote, never showed any promise or flash last year. And that's simply incorrect. It's, it's not an accurate representation of what has happened. Willis showed improvement between the Houston and the Kansas City games in this past season, both on the road, both around midseason in November, early November. These are games in which he, in the Kansas City game in particular, he played a sneaky good game. He did. And the problem is, at the end of the year, JT, he regressed badly. Now, I tweeted this out last week, and I had a number of people in my in my comments saying, like, you know, oh, if he's the guy for the Titans in 2023, they're a disaster. Oh, he was so good. Look at his box score. They sent a, screensh a screenshot of his box score from that Kansas City game. You found, congrats, congrats. You found the sneaky part of the the sneaky good. His box score, if you're just box score scouting, which is lazy and incorrect, like a, a very easily, uh, very easily misaligned way, or not misaligned, but inaccurate way of scouting the, the play of a quarterback, then yeah, he looks like he had a bad game in Kansas City. But my point here is not to say that, that Malik Willis is going to be a good quarterback ever. Uh, right now, it looks like he's not going to be. My point is not to say he's going to be a good quarterback for the Titans. It certainly looks like he's not going to be. And Mike Vrabel doesn't seem to really like him all that much. It's not to say that he had a good year. He didn't. He had a good. He had a bad year for the Titans. His rookie year was not good. It was for sure bad. My point is is merely. And again, I, JT, what's the common thread here with tweets that I talk about on the show where I get in trouble? It's because they're tweets that require nuance and they're not black and white. 
And this is yet another tweet where people have gotten mad at me because I'm not making some grand declaration that Malik Willis is good or bad. This tweet is purely to correct the the retconning, the misinforming that people are doing on what Malik Willis's year looked like from a rookie standpoint based on his his box score. It's not accurate. It's 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 a it's a misremembering of the history of of Malik Willis's rookie year. In his Kansas City game, his second consecutive start, he started his first game ever in Houston and then started in Kansas City the next the next week. They they steamrolled Houston. They went to Kansas City and almost won that game, went to overtime in Kansas City against the team that went on to win the Super Bowl. And, and on this show, on the Mike Herndon show, which I co-produce, on um, all of the, both 102.5 and 104.5 in town, on a football show, on Football and Other F-Words, all of these shows that you go to for Titans content and information, they were all talking about in that week following the Kansas City game how Malik Willis looked like he had improved as a passer over over the week between his first and his second start. He had made some meaningful improvements. And, the, and, and a talking point that week was the stats don't reflect it. The stats don't reflect it. Uh, statistically, he had, he had you know under 100 yards passing, a poor passer rating, a, a poor per passing uh, completion percentage. There were a lot of things on the stat sheet that didn't look great. But if you watched the game, if you watched the throws that he was attempting to make and, and he was playing with a Chris Conley receiving core that evening in Kansas City, it was a garbage roster he was having to work with, both on the offensive line and with his weapons available. It was basically the Derrick Henry show and the occasional you know pass to Chig or Austin Hooper. And it was a situation where Malik Willis had a number of passes that were on the money that were dimes that were, you know, fascinating arm angles on the move, a, a, a tiny pocket, a difficult throw, a difficult read. And he still made it and put it there. And his really crappy receivers dropped the ball more often than they caught it that night. And that was the case that, that entire evening. That was the case in that game. And it was the kind of thing that again, led to a bad box score, but, but if you watched the game, you realized Malik Willis, this was an impressive game for him. It was a sneaky, impressive, based on you know him, our expectations for him as a rookie, a guy that was not supposed to be ready for a while, a guy that had looked really bad as a passer in Houston the week previous. He looked good in that game. And then at the end of the year, when it was him versus Josh Dobbs, he, he regressed badly. He regressed. We talked about it on that podcast after the Kansas City game, JT. I was on my honeymoon in the middle of the Caribbean, uh, the, 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 Caribbean Sea and the Caribbean. Wait, what? The the Gulf the the Gulf the Gulf Gulf of Mexico. What is it? The Caribbean? What do they call it? The sea, the ocean, the Caribbean Ocean? Am I no? I need your input, please. Is this the, the is it the Caribbean Sea? The am I crazy? I dude the Caribbean. I, I, it, it, I, I just know it as the is the Caribbean. You I don't know if it's a sea or what. Part I do too. It it's is, it's, it's the, not Gulf the Gulf of Mexico, right? It's the Gulf of Mexico. It's the Gulf. That's where I was. Okay. It's the Gulf. I was in the Gulf of Mexico on my honeymoon on a, on a big boat. What? The Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean? Yeah. They are? Yes. Wait, hang on, hang on. The Caribbean is within the Gulf, right? <laughs> the Caribbean is like. No, no, we need, to sh we need to pause the show to clarify this. The Gulf of Mexico is everything around Florida and Mexico, right? It's that whole inlet of the ocean, right? Uh, so the Caribbean is, the Caribbean is between Cuba and, uh, South America. 
in the Gulf well, of the Mexico. Caribbean is within the Gulf of Mexico. No, there are two it's separate the part things. That's... <laughs> what? Really? Yes. Really? Are you serious? Yes, I, I, I promise you, man. <laughs> the Caribbean is just the part that's like the the Keys, the Bahamas, uh, and the Cuba Bahamas. And Puerto the Bahamas Rico. are not even the Caribbean Sea is uh, below Cuba and Haiti and all that it, between South South America and Cuba and Haiti. There. Are you sure? I'm I'm looking at a map right now. Looking at <laughs> you it, are look, you looking at it right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am looking at the map right now. All right. Um. <laughs> all right, fine. Hey, you know what? We learn something new every day on the show. We do. So there oh, you go. All right. All go. right. So I was in the. I was in. Uh, let's see if that's the. If it's the Caribbean or the the Gulf. Mm-hmm. I guess I was. I was in the Caribbean at the time. Okay. The most needless sidetrack in the history of this show, but we we it was necessary to me because I needed to learn. I was in the Caribbean. JT was here in Nashville. We had on. Malik Willis is a longtime quarterback coach, Sean McAvoy, talking about his performance in his first two starts. And we talked about on the show how impressive he looked as compared to his Houston performance. That was not something that was unique to this show. Again, it was on all of the Titans shows that you listened to that week. And now we've gotten to the point, JT, where after the season ended poorly for Malik Willis, you know, Josh Dobbs, who'd played like two snaps in the NFL, took his job for the last two weeks, was the starter, looked markedly better than him. We've retconned the season from Malik Willis as this this horrible, no good, very bad season where he showed no promise or no flash. And I've heard number a number of people that I that I respect, frankly, in the media in the past couple of weeks talk about how that's how the season went for Malik. It's not true. It's not true. He looked he looked impressive in Kansas City. And then he regressed badly at the end of the year. So that's I, that's really all I have to, to say besides, uh, you know, wanting to correct the record. And, that, and that's my thought for the, the hot read warm up here. We'll go ahead and get into the news for the, the day, the Titans news. So without further ado, producer JT, let's talk about some Titans news. Alrighty, jumping into the news today, let's talk about the only Titans-specific tidbit that we really have, and this comes uh, from last week in which the Titans are hiring Broncos offensive coordinator Justin Alton as their running backs coach slash run game coordinator. He was very impressive this year, and it kind of rounds out this like almost star-studded coaching staff that Vrabel has assembled. What do you think, Easton? Well, my primary takeaway from this, JT, is that I'm old enough to remember, and maybe you are as well, I'm old, I'm old enough to remember one week ago in which everybody in Titans media was talking about how the Titans, Mike Vrabel, hired a, a slew of coaches last week, hired uh, Tim Kelly as the Titans offensive coordinator, and it was it was insular, it was a it was a boys club, it was stubborn, it was foolish, it was a disaster hire. And now I'm hearing things in this past week. I, I've I've heard Mike Rabel, has he put together the best offensive staff that he's ever had? Mike Vrabel, he managed to hire two offensive coordinator candidates, hot candidates around the league from this past season onto his staff as non-coordinators. Is this one of the best hiring cycles for any team in the league this year? I'm old enough to remember when we were talking about the Titans and Mike Vrabel as kind of a disaster area when it comes to the Titans hiring cycle and, and the staff that Mike Vrabel has put together. And now we're getting all of this stuff in, in you know, it, one week is all it took. 
people to, to people to put away their outrage, their overreaction uh, when it when it came to that hire, and and talk about just how fantastic Mike Rebel has done this year. If only JT, somebody or some show had been offering this kind of analysis the week of those hires. Oh wait, that was you and I. That was me on my podcast, my uh, Twitter feed, and that was us on this podcast feed. That was exactly our reaction, and we got stoned for it on social media for being squares, for being homers, for being, which is funny because we're, we're not, you know, we don't do this in a fan capacity. For the, We don't cover the team because we're fans. We cover the team because it's our job. We, we, were, we were stoned as unrealistic, as op, far too optimistic, um, and, and it turns out kind of looks like our take is the consensus take just a week and a half or two weeks later um that that's a, a fantastic hire for Mike Vrabel obviously Justin Outen out of Denver looked really really good at the end of the year when he was calling plays for them and and the Russell Wilson offense that looked broken all year under Nate Hackett suddenly had some life there at the end fantastic that he got him as a position coach not even as a coordinator and then he got Charles London also a coordinator uh, a hot coordinator interview around the league now as a a position coach or a uh, a non-coordinator position why was this a take that was it just because mike ribble hired justin outen as his running back coach was that was that the missing puzzle piece that took this this coaching roster from miserable to fantastic i don't think that it is man I don't think that it is. I, I no, no, don't. I don't think that it is, JT. I think that people were shockingly overreactive, reactionary, foolish in the week of that hiring. We at the time were realistic. We were reasoned. We were we were level-headed, and um, I think based in reality with our analysis, and people weren't ready to accept that yet. And now they're seemingly coming around to the idea that. Oh yeah. Okay, maybe maybe the Titans had a nice hiring cycle, not anything amazing, but good. And in reality, it's not going to matter all that much. It it matters who they get to play football for them in the next coming weeks. The personnel, that's kind of the important part, and not who they have as their position coaches or their quality control coaches or their coordinator. So, just a little little tidbit on that. But yeah, I think Justin Outen is a fantastic hire. It looks like Mike Vrabel has his coaching staff Rounded out 100%. I don't know of any other positions on his coaching staff, offensive, defensive, or otherwise, that aren't filled yet. So if, it, if he makes more hires, it's going to be for positions that don't exist yet. And the Titans have added, I believe, two positions to the coaching staff this year they didn't have in the past. So it's grown as well as had a lot of turnover. And I think that they're, uh, they've reached completion here. I think that this is the set group going into coaching the 2023 season. Let's move on and talk about the Commanders, who were finally able to get offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy away from underneath yes, they that were. chief staff. He has become the new that? offensive coordinator and assistant head coach, or assistant coach, the, the right-hand man to uh, the staff over there. And so he will finally get a chance to prove it, uh, not under a... Andy Reid system. Another point about this in now having a vacant spot, someone who could fill that offensive coordinator position in Kansas City is Matt Nagy, who is the quarterback's coach and senior assistant on that Chiefs team. What do you think about the hire for the commanders? And what do you think about Matt Nagy 
becoming possibly the next OC in KC. JT, from a Titans perspective, it makes some sense. I think it clarifies a little bit what exactly went on for the Titans and their offensive coordinator search in the past couple of weeks and months. They were talked about for a long time, Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy, as guys the Titans would or, or were actively circling at the top of their list of potential coordinators. They were the guys, and then they weren't the guys, and then it was the in-house candidates and Kelly. This seems to shed some light on that. It sounds to me, and this is speculation, but it sounds like Matt Nagy was kind of aware of the fact that Bienemy is probably going to leave and I'm going to be the guy that is the reasonable next offensive coordinator hire for this team. So I'll just stick around and Bienemy, it sounds like had his sights set on becoming an offensive coordinator somewhere. And I don't believe that Mike Ribble interviewed him. I don't think that Mike Ribble has any interest in Eric Bienemy as his offensive coordinator. And that's why I don't, I don't think of the six mysterious interviews that, that Mike Ribble did for the offensive coordinator role. I don't think that Bienemy was one of them. I really don't. Um, and, and actually, we know that he wasn't, actually, because he said that prior to the Super Bowl happening, he had only done one interview, and it was for the Colts head coach position. So actually, we know. I'm just now realizing this as I'm saying it out loud in the, in the recording of the show. He didn't interview with the Titans, which proves the Titans were not interested in him as an offensive coordinator, despite many on the radio in the weeks leading up to that offensive coordinator hire for the Titans saying, oh, man, it's Bienemy or Nagy. It's I think it's Bienemy, honestly. I think it is. Number of people said that, and they were wrong. So maybe reconsider how much you trust them or or not in the future. But um, yeah, I I think that this is from a Bienemy standpoint and a Commander standpoint. This is either the smartest or the dumbest thing that Eric Bienemy has ever done. JT, if he took this job knowing that Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, and to be fair, listen, the Commanders openly were discussing with Sean Payton's camp in this offseason before he went and became the Broncos head coach as somebody that they wanted to consider bringing in and, you know, maybe kicking Ron Rivera to the road and bringing in Sean Payton as their head coach because Lord knows Sean Payton's not coming in as a coordinator. So the, the commanders as an organization, not only are they a disaster, wanting to sell the team uh, in constant turmoil uh, in a terrible, you know, poor organization, poor stadium situation, they're a team that is not set as uh, at the head coach position with Ron Rivera. I think that Bienemy may be taking this job thinking, well, this may be my best shot. Maybe I come here, become a coordinator, do well offensively next year. Rivera gets, you know, kicked to the road, and maybe I get the in-house promotion to be the new head coach. Maybe that's the way. Maybe maybe Rivera gets fired mid-season. I get to be the interim coach and, and show what I've got. That may be what he's thinking. On the other hand, <laughs> if he wasn't getting head coach buzz with the Chiefs, the two-time Super Bowl Chiefs, the regularly best team, scariest team in the league, Chiefs, as the offensive coordinator there, who's to, who's to say he's going to get head coach buzz with the Commanders? With uh, you know Sam Howell, he's got some intrigue. I find him interesting. They got some weapons there. You know, Terrence McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. Um, you know, there there's some there's some pieces there to work with. But I just I think it's it's a dangerous move and it's either gonna make or break Eric Bienemy's shot as a, a head coach one day. So I found it interesting. Let's move on to a, just a little tidbit about Ryan Tannehill. Of course, the buzz has been he's uh, either going to be here next year with the Titans or a possible landing split landing place for him is with the New York Jets. Titans Rossi tweeted out 
uh, earlier this week that there's been some news circulating about Ryan Tannehill possibly to the Jets. The Jets, uh, from his source, are saying that they're willing to trade two 2023 draft picks for him and take on the full contract of Ryan Tannehill and says talks are ongoing. Easton, how much of that do you believe is true and do you think that's even uh, a price that Tannehill warrants? Um, so here's my thoughts on, on reports from the Titan Up Network and from Titans Rossi, okay? They've been right more often than not. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. If, you, if you're on Twitter at all, if you're on Titans Twitter at all, you know the, the Titan Up Network and Titans Rossi have done some reporting over the past year or so, and it's been largely correct. I think it's obvious to me, just to, to go behind the curtain a little bit, it's obvious to me that they, they have a connection or two family friend or you know for a long time it was titans rossi with the kinsey family who he knows personally and mason kinsey the practice squad receiver of the titans but they you know they got a number of folks as a part of their titan up network of youtubers that have a connection or two within the titans building that are are feeding them information on these things so um i don't think that they're crazy in a lot of the things that they say and they've been right more often than not but there's a grain of salt to be had here I went through and I looked at all of their claims for the past couple of months. And while all of them, almost all of them are accurate, they're all very bland. So they're things that you could predict pretty safely. And they're also, it's interesting, a number of them have been reported by Titans Rossi. But I don't, I've only spoken to him briefly via DM on Twitter. Um, he seems like I'm, he's been nice to me. I've, I've got no reason to slander him, you know, whether I, whatever, regardless of what I think about him and, and what he does um, from a content creation standpoint or professional standpoint, I'm not, a, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. So like I, he's been nothing but nice to me. He seems like a nice guy. It is curious to me how big, what, what is it? Big Titans or big sportsman. Yeah, Big Sportsman 3, who's a part of the Titans up the, the Titan Upload Network, excuse me. Yeah, the Titan Up Network, the Titan Upload Network. He's their source guy recently. All of his big news breaks haven't come from his Insta, uh, his Twitter account. He's got less than 300 followers on Twitter. They've all come tagging him via Titans Rossi's Twitter account, who has a couple thousand followers, I think 4,000 some on followers. And and it's it's weird to me, JT. Why why does Big Sportsman Three continue to be Titans Rossi's chambermaid, his 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 shoe shiner, like his his court jester? Why why does he continue to report news through Rossi and not through, at the very least, the network he's a part of? And it seems not unreasonable for him to tweet about it on his Twitter account, but. He seems to be content letting Titans Rossi be the guy that sends out this news. Kind of weird, kind of strange to me that he's not going to claim it himself. I, I, my recommendation to Big Sportsman 3 is maybe, you know, grow a pair. Maybe tweet out your own sourced info. Maybe, maybe don't hide behind Titans Rossi. That's kind of, that's my information for you. Um, but it's strange. A lot of their stuff seems to be well-sourced, but also not all that dramatic. Like, I don't think they're taking many risks. That being said... We've known, JT, that the Jets are desperate for any quarterback besides Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold. They were. Now they're desperate for any quarterback besides Zach Wilson. And, um, you know, so the idea that they have Tannehill on their roster, on their to-do list, on their radar this offseason, not shocking at all, at all. I think that, that he'll be a guy down the list. For sure, he is behind Aaron Rodgers and I think Derek Carr. 
And I think arguably Jimmy G just depends on how they viewed those quarterbacks in that in that building. I think that that's the mix he's in, and he's third or fourth on the list of guys. So if they were to make a move for Tannehill, it's not anytime soon, and I don't think the Titans are interested in moving him. Finally, one more thing on our rundown here. Uh, Dean Blandino says the NFL competition committee might look to eliminate the tush push play on QB sneaks that was so effective for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles this, this season. Do you think that's something that the league should be looking into? And do you agree with them maybe trying to get rid of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, you got to get rid of it. It was nice for a year. It was cool. Credit to the Eagles and the Chiefs for exploiting that and using it a ton this year. Those are the two teams that I saw use it the most. One of the Eagles really made it popular and they probably ran it the most successfully, but I can't think JT of a single time this year. And I'm curious if you can, can you think of a single time this year that a defense was able to hold that play to, to no yards or a loss of yards? I can't. I, 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 every time I saw it, it was successful. Every single time they gained some amount of yardage. And if it was from within one yard, it seems to me that it was going to be a guaranteed first down. It seems like a fourth and one or less hack for the offense. If you just lined up a, a motioning wide receiver or running back behind the quarterback and push that butt, man, you were getting it. And, and listen, credit to them for basically telling the NFL, hey, you've got a rule on the books about pushing and pulling ball carriers, helping them advance the ball as a non-ball carrier, but it's really vague and you don't enforce it. So we're going to just, we're going to force you to enforce it by exploiting this rule. And they did credit to them. Now it's time for the NFL to enforce it. They have to, they have to, you can't have that as a play. I don't want them to eliminate it entirely. The idea that you can't as a offensive unit line, help push the running back to gain a couple of yards after, after contact in a scrum that shouldn't be removed. It's fantastic. It's one of the best parts of football. It's one of the loudest times that whenever that happened in Nissan stadium this year, it was some of the loudest times that Titans fans have, have been all year long, um, which is maybe an indictment of how bad the year was, but that's the kind of thing that gets people amped. It's an awesome play to see. What's not awesome is to see fourth and ones be a sure thing because the offense from a quarterback sneak standpoint are able to get the ball one plus yards down the field every single time. So they've got to review it. Props to teams that exploited it, but it's time for it to end. And that's going to finish up our news segment for today. All right. Thanks to producer JT for our Titans news this week. Before we go real quick, I've got one more segment for us today, and that is... What is it, JT? We we haven't named it yet. So uh, we're gonna, maybe suggestions. I, I we might need some for, suggestions. We might need some suggestions. So we're opening this to, up to suggestions. We want to do for the next 10 weeks or so a weekly worst mock drafts of the week. Maybe like miserable mocks, a miserable mocks segment. Ooh, that, we that, want something that's, that's, that's alliter alliterative, something yeah, something, something show related. Give us tweet at us, leave us reviews and ratings. Tell us what you think we should name the segment. But we were basically just going to go through each week the worst mocks of the week that we can find. And we want your help crowdsourcing this. We want to start a hashtag, hashtag hot read mocks. Or maybe if we name it miserable mocks, and we'll do a hashtag miserable mocks. But we're going to start a hashtag on Twitter. Whenever you find a mock draft that it was that is just horrible, laughable, uninformed, insane, we want you to hashtag it so that we can find it, so that we can talk about it on the show. We've got three, two, two mocks two and, and one, not quite a mock, but one one draft take that are hilarious today that we're going to go through and just laugh at. So JT, without further ado, let's pull up our miserable mocks for week one of our draft season here. 
Yeah, so let's look at this one here real quick. This is one that I uh, personally found. I can't remember where I found it because I found it so early in the week and then we're like, hey, we're going to do this. But there, there's there's a couple things here. In the here future, that I we, just, will, we will have ads for these I, things. I will, we'll have ads. I will, JT, uh, yeah, walk, walk us better. through what's so insane about this Titans mock draft. So first of all, I, I think the most sane and logical thing on this mock here is probably them trading up to the third overall pick. I mean, if they fall in love with CJ Stroud or any one of those guys and they want to use their capital and kind of say, we're going to we're going to finally go for a retool slash rebuild softly here and do that. I think that's fine. What I think is even more insane here is that in this, what we're going to talk about later today in this segment here about just how interesting the trade system is for PFF uh, trades and whatnot. And we are going to dive into this in a moment. Yes. But, but it's really funny to me that for the Bengals to move up to the 11th pick, because by the way, the, the Titans to move up to the third pick to get CJ Stroud aren't using the number 11 pick. No, that is going to the Bengals no, no. here. For T. Higgins, so basically <laughs> the Titans get a first-round pick swap, T. Higgins, and a third for the 11th pick and their second-round pick, which I think is just really funny. If I want to nitpick a Stonks. little bit more here, I think it's funny <laughs> that Darnell Wright is there at the 72 pick. I, I just don't think that's happening. That, that's not uh, happening. I think there's a couple nope, other guys nope. down there. I think Drew Sanders is a little overrated even for the third round currently. It's a little hot take maybe, <laughs> but um no we're gonna, no we'll, we'll have to see it um but yeah those are that, that's what i found wrong with this one and of course i didn't even talk about the ryan Tannehill here we're, we're just throwing around picks everywhere which that way and the other and i i think it'd be i mean cj stroud and t higgins on it on this tennessee titans team would certainly be a different look but i i just don't think it's feasible sure no, it's not. This is a ridiculous mock, and we for the future we will have the ats on Twitter for these Twitter mocks that we find. So, whoever this was, if you want to come forward and claim it, you should, but you you won't. So we, we understand. Terrible mock, JT. Next terrible mock. This is one that I found, and it was it was floating around Titans Twitter this week. This is a mock draft from Chad Reuters over at NFLNetwork.com or NFL.com, NFL.com. He's posting this paid by the league itself to create this mock draft. He has going at number 11 to the Titans, a tight end, Dalton Kincaid, out of Utah. He's a senior. He's going number 11 overall, apparently, according to Chad Reuters, to the Titans. This is an insane mock draft. His ex explanation for why the Titans could possibly be interested in a tight end at number 11. The Titans have a decision to make about veteran quarterback Ryan Tannehill. If coach Mike Vrabel and new GM Grant Carthen decide to stick with the veteran in 2023, then they find another receiving tight end to make his life easier. Kincaid's hoops background is evident on the field as his hands and body control make him a great target on the seam, on the sideline, and in the red zone. This is crazy for a number of reasons. First of all, they're not taking a tight end at number one overall. Number two, they're not taking who is clearly not the number one overall tight end in this draft, Michael Mayer, at number 11 overall. Number three, not, they're not taking a guy that they saw at the Senior Bowl who we talked to folks that were on the ground at the senior bowl, Zach Lyons and Stoney Keeley on this show, not a week and a half ago about how of all the guys at the senior bowl who underperformed Dalton Kincaid may have been the number one disappointing guy coming into the week expectations based on what he was producing in mobile. So that's not a guy that they're taking. It's a crazy mock. It's insane. JT, let's go to the third terrible mock of the week. And this yeah, was this not is, a mock. This no, is a 2.5. So this is, it counts half. This is, 
this is a half. It's a list made by Barrett Silly, who covers the college football season for, I believe, CBS mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. This is his Twitter account. He, he covers college football for CBS. He says, and to be fair, he does say this at the top, I am in no way, shape, or form an NFL draft expert. Nevertheless, my quarterbacks in this draft, and here's his list. If you're not watching on YouTube, and you should be, because this list is hilarious. You need to see it with your own eyes. Number one, CJ Stroud. Number two, Bryce Young. Okay, it's a, it's a hot take, but sure, whatever. One and two. Number three, Hendon Hooker. Hello. Okay, well, what about, what about Will Levis? What about Anthony Richardson? Hey, let's just hang on. Let's see. Number four, Aiden O'Connell. JTL Venmo, you 20 bucks right now if you can tell me what school Aiden O'Connell played college football at this year. I, I didn't even know Aiden O'Connell was a person who existed, <laughs> to be honest. And I thought. I, and, and, Aiden and O'Connell that might, be, that might be bad. For me, being on a draft show here, but let's be real. I, I, I haven't looked we've, past we've not, the we've not, top we've six not, quarterbacks here on this draft. So I was about to say, you and I are still no we're idea. still covering traditional groups and quarterback. I've not gotten to the top six guys, so I don't know yet. Jake Hayner at five. Jaron Hall at six. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, at seven. Max Duggan at eight. Tanner McKee out of, I believe, Stanford at nine. And then Will Levis at 10. Anthony Richardson? Doesn't exist. Not here. Where's he at? He's not. He didn't make the cut. He's eleventh, I suppose. You can you can assume he's eleventh because holy cow! I, I I JT I love on Twitter when people tell me that they know nothing about what they're talking about without telling me they know nothing about what they're talking about. This is what this is. Barrett Silly, you were right at the top of the tweet. You are in no way, shape, or form an NFL draft expert. These quarterbacks, this list, it's insanity, and it clears out our miserable mocks of the week for week one of the draft free agency off season show. So JT, before we go real quick, we need to talk about this. You and I this week, we're talking about privately just how crazy PFF is when it comes to their mock draft simulator, their, their draft tool, which is a very nice tool, very helpful, but it's easily gamed. It's easily broken. And we've got a number of folks that tweeted us all the time or tweet on Titans, Twitter, not at us, but we see it on Titans, Twitter, People making PFF mock drafts for the Titans. And, you know, like, what do you, what do you think about this? What do you think about this mock draft? Would it be cool? Would it be nice? And and it's always, not always, but it's often something that's just completely broken and insane. And so we wanted to go on there this week. You and I, one afternoon, decided we were going to go on there and try to break it as best we could. We want to he- hear and see you all who are listening, your best, if you're still listening at the 47-minute mark of this show, we want you to go this week and to create your best broken PFF mock draft um, for the Titans. Involve as many player trades as you possibly can. Get away with insane, insane garbage and then send it to us on Twitter because we want to see it. We'd love to show it on the show. But JT, I'll do mine second because I really I went all out here. Okay. Oh, did, yeah, is it? Do you have yours or just mine? I have mine right here. So so when when you were we'll start, we'll start so when you were talking about this, I. I, I like I thought I knew what the bar was and then you finally sent yours and I was like oh I missed the bar totally <laughs> I but I was, like, I was like I was like I was like okay sure. when he's thinking insane I'm like all right I'll still like try to figure out a way that it's realistic but at the same time I don't think these players are worth what what I gave up and so no, this no, is no. like this is like a, a little palate cleanser here at the top to get a little taste of what we're doing and then we're just going to go off the deep end so I also mm-hmm. had the idea of maybe going up and getting CJ Stroud I think nowhere near um the price of that either i think i got away with a little bit there getting a third rounder next year as well 
and a couple other in a second rounder this yeah, year. I kind of just like did. I, I kind of put some stuff together. Uh, but it but it gives me an A plus. It says that if I can take the the Lions first, yeah, second, A plus for fleecing year, the Motor City Kitties. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But they got CJ Stroud. And I think also I, a little tidbit, and we'll talk about this later. I think Josh Downs might be a sneaky pick for the Titans in the second round if he is still there. I think that's a great one. And then, of course, I think that the Jets, if they were, would trade that that 74th pick just looks like perfect value for Ryan Tannehill. I think that one was the most sane one there. I will say, you willingly fleeced yourself with that one. The Jets have reportedly, according to Titans Rossi, they'll I, I trade more right? than that. Yeah. They'll and trade in more my than mock that, coming so maybe, up here, I don't know. In my um, mock coming up, they trade way more than that. And then, of so, course, the yeah. biggest one, which I think both of us and so many other people on, on <laughs> Titans Twitter love doing, is just sending Bud Dupree to anywhere that'll take him. And if I can get him for Ship a fourth-round pick when I'm supposed to cut him, I will take Woo! him, you know? I'll take that. So sure. I, I did those three right there with those trades, and it, it gave me an overall grade of A there. I think I I did kind of put a little bit of sure. what I like in here. I think Xavier Hutchinson and Josh Downs might be too sneaky little things here for the titans to consider in the draft but that's what i went with and then ladies and gentlemen let's go off the deep end here hang on hang on hang on oh hang on don't 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 switch the slides yet for those that are watching before we get to my mock draft and this was my again my attempt this is not realistic at all it's intentionally unrealistic it's i'm trying to break the machine now now if you look real quick before we move on at jt's board here beside each trade, it says trade, right? Instead of the round and the pick, it's the, it just says trade. When you force a trade on the PFF mock simulator, it says trade forced. He didn't, he didn't force these trades. You'll notice on mine coming up, no forced trades. So these, this was not us gaming it by, by turning off, you know, turning on the cheats, which you can do. This was us gaming the system by abiding by their rule book and their random probability calculators to to get these trades to go through and we got these to go through what if i told you jt in my mock draft for the titans in my player trades i managed to add four brand new day one starters on the offensive line three potential day one starters at wide receiver a stud running back to take over for a former running back reload at cornerback and the edge position and then get backup quarterback security at the end of the draft Sounds like a great. It sounds That'd like a great draft. Be pretty impressive considering yep. the Titans, uh, the Titans' tr- capital this year. And I can tell you, I did all of that without selling away their future either. I didn't sell future draft picks. So let's JT. Let's go ahead and get to my draft here. This is my draft. It's a two pager. Okay. <laughs> let's start with the trades. Start with the trades. Right. First trade. I'm moving up to get a second pick uh, in the top forty picks. With the, with the Texans, traded away a handful of picks that I got in other trades with players. Let's focus on the player trades here. Ryan Tannehill to the Jets. I give away Tannehill and a third. And in return, I get a second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round pick in 2023. That is five of the Jets' six draft picks on the year. This this machine allowed me to, let the, to, to ask the Jets to trade me five of their six picks for one player and one third round pick. And the machine said, yes, absolutely, that's realistic. That's going to happen. Then I traded Derrick Henry to the Cardinals. Derrick Henry, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh for a pair of third-round picks this year. Broken. Okay, Bud Dupree and a fifth-round pick. Shipped those off to Minnesota. 
get a third rounder in return because that's what Bud Dupree is worth and definitely not just going to get cut for nothing for the Titans. These last four guys are all four guys the Titans are just going to cut, by the way. They're going to get nothing for them. But in this reality, uh, I'm allowed to trade them and a pick to upgrade that pick. So how about Robert Woods in a fourth? Give those away for a third, a fourth, and a sixth, courtesy of the Giants, who I know they're desperate for wide receiver, but OPFF mock draft simulator. They're not this desperate. How about Zach Cunningham in a sixth round pick? I can trade Zach Cunningham in a sixth to the Buffalo Bills for a third round pick. And then Taylor will won. Taylor will won in the sixth round pick. I can get turned into a fourth round pick, courtesy of the Texans later in the draft. And then with all these picks, I managed to pick Paris Johnson Jr. at tackle, add Darnell Wright at tackle. Boom. Bookend tackles, baby. Left tackle, right tackle, move NPF inside or make him the swing. Okay. Osiris Torrance, get him in the early second round out of Florida. There's one of your guards. Your next guard, how about Cody Mock out of North Dakota State? Get him in the third, late third round. Add him. He's a tackle listed in the in the combine and, and on, on uh, PFF's draft site. But we'll make him a guard because he's got short arms. And then how about some weapons? How about we add both of the Tennessee Volunteers stud wide receivers? Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Get him in the second and the third. Get both of those guys. Speed, Bolitnikoff winner, Jalen Hyatt. Big body, big catch potential, Cedric Tillman. And then to top it off, in the fourth round, how about Jonathan Mingo? We've been talking about him, legit, not as a joke, legitimately as a guy the Titans could target. Out of Ole Miss, guy that's very reminiscent of the play style of A.J. Brown, very reminiscent of the body type of A.J. Brown. But we add him in the fourth round. And then, hey, couple extra weapons. How about we get Stetson Bennett to back up the uh, whoever that, uh, to be fair, this draft scenario for the Titans, it requires them to go and sign a free agent quarterback, you know, get, get Jacoby Brissett, get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, get uh, who else is even out there? The air trade for Aaron Rodgers. go get Derek Carr. Like that's what this requires, but it's possible. It's doable. So go get Setson Bennett in the, in the very end of your draft in the fourth round to get a little backup quarterback security. And then reload at cornerback. Give me Keely, Keely Ringo, who I'm I'm pretty high on in the third round. And then Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, edge player in the third round. And boom, you've got a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11-player mock draft where you traded away six players and you have revamped the entire Titans roster in one offseason thanks to the PFF mock draft simulator and, and uh, sugar plums and rainbows and unicorns, because all of this is, is not real. It's not believable. It's insane. So this exercise, and it was really only to, to show for the show, because again, this is ridiculous. It's insane. But JT and I have proven here to you, our dear listeners, the PFF mock draft simulator, while a valuable tool, while a helpful tool, it is not realistic. It is not something that cannot be gamed it can be so you have to be careful out there you have to be realistic when you're putting stuff together in there and especially in terms of player trades because it's flawed it's a flawed tool so with that a weird show a random show but we're going to have a lot more direction a lot more content a lot more density to our our high quality content jt and i I don't know about you jt i'm crazy excited for the next 10 weeks of this show you and i are going to do a lot of study we're going to focus on these positions i've got between 10 and 20 guests that I hope to have lined up for the next coming weeks. Hopefully every other show we got a guest on maybe every show talking position groups, talking best small school prospects, 
most underrated prospects, most overrated prospects, uh, best, you know, best prospects by position group. Um, uh, looking at uh, the best prospects for the Titans. We'll do that closer to the draft. Looking at the guys the Titans may actually consider early in the draft. We covered all of the free agency news. The Titans look to build their roster up in free agency. We will be looking towards all of the business of sports news in the next couple of weeks as things get kind of crazy in the NFL offseason. We'll be covering the schedule release in March. Like there's so much to cover JT and I cannot wait. This is in a weird way, maybe my favorite part of the year because we've got so much to cover on the show and I look forward to doing it with all of you. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back with a much more structured show and the, the really get into the meat of our, our off season as we dig into free agency in the draft on Wednesday. Until then, for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. <laughs>